We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to your Saturday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. It is June 10th, and as I said, Saturday means a weekend mailbag edition, which is what we will get into here in just a moment. Yesterday, went out and saw the Spider-Man Across the Spideyverse movie with my son. Fantastic film. Uh, I don't know if you have kids like, uh, I don't know, Porter's 5, and some moments of uh, being a little bit afraid during it, some dark moments in the movie. So I don't know if uh, I would recommend taking your little one to it if they're too young. I thought with a PG label it would be fine, but a couple moments it kind of scared me. liked it overall, but a couple moments I could tell the movie was kind of scaring him a little bit. So um, recommend that movie strongly. Really, really good. Really good. And wanted to share that with you guys if you're into movies, because it seems like most of you listen to this podcast uh, do have some interest in TV or movie content when we do that stuff, but... A uh, really good one, so I uh, have to check out Transformers as well. We'll keep you apprised to that. You know, uh, I'm good for movie reviews here and there. A weekend mailbag edition, though, like I said, want to go through some of the ones that we had on Twitter first, and then we had some through DM as well. So first question comes from Dan at Klee underscore sports 88. He said, who is the backup left tackle and right tackle, and do you trust them? <laughs> well, it's, ch- it's tough to back up. Uh, trust backup tackles. Okay, put it that way. Um, I would say the backup at left tackle, I mean, they haven't really had to play uh, a left tackle situation since they've had the two that they're here. Obviously, the two we're talking about are James Hudson and now Dewan Jones, both of which Hudson and Dewan Jones have a little bit of right tackle experience, not left tackle experience. I would say if I had to guess, Hudson would be your left tackle backup and Dewan Jones would be the right tackle backup. I feel like they eventually want Dewan Jones to take over at right tackle. That's obviously where his college career was spent. That's my hunch. Uh, if they had to uh, come up with an answer, somebody gets hurt, something along those lines, Hudson and then Dewan. But um, do I trust them? It's tough to trust them. I thought there were moments where Hudson was starting and playing significant amount of, um, of snaps because of the injuries, whether that was Conklin two years ago or you know whatever other situations gave him an opportunity 
I thought he looked like he was improving to the point I thought you could get some trust in him. But then as he came in, he started the last, sorry, the first two games last year. I thought there were some really good moments in those first two games. But then they started, you know, obviously Conklin came back. They started bringing him in later in some games, usually games they weren't winning. And there were some really ugly reps there. So you try not to judge those ugly reps in late blowout games, but the they don't leave you with a, a ton of confidence. I still think Hudson can get it done, though, uh, when given an opportunity to play a prolonged period of snaps. Um, can Nick Harris, is a second question from Dan, Nick Harris be a backup guard to keep his roster spot? I mean, he could. I don't think he's meant to do that. He played some guard in a backup role his rookie year, and it was not good. Um, very uneven. Uh, I think that when you play when you play guard, you find yourself in more independent matchups with defensive tackles because of the uh, even front looks that are so prevalent in today's NFL. While at center, you get a chance to sort of either be switched on to somebody late to give your quarterback an extra second, or you're you're a part of a double team initially, or peeling to pick up a blitzing linebacker, something of the sort. So, I think Harris has experience at guard. I don't prefer him to play guard. We'll have to see how they feel about some of their backups at those positions. Forbes, some others, you know, can Whipler play? I feel like there's a little bit of a predicament there because I kind of view Harris and Whipler as both center-only types. But they have Michael Dunn. They should, they should have some answers at the guard position. I think they have Dawson Deaton, their seventh-rounder from Texas Tech, now listed as a guard as well as he comes back from an ACL I don't think Nick's going to play many guard reps, especially coming off that knee injury. They're going to be careful with that. Next question and final question. If Schwartz plays five down linemen, does that mean there would be one linebacker nickel packages, like a 5-1-5? They could get creative that way. I don't think they will. I think that what you'll see is a bunch of unique walk-up, uh, mugged, cap linebacker situations from um, two linebacker groupings is my guess. Uh, they will and could play some bare front stuff, right, which is – a guard center guard covered two edge players but I think what he means more than anything by five down is he's going to get five down in pass rush so he's going to get an extra man a blitzer coming after the quarterback whether that's like a green dog a delayed blitz or something of the sort I think that's what he means more than anything else okay good questions Dan next question comes from gruff 22 at gruf 22 he says hello from Scotland love your Browns coverage Question here is Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Hopkins? Which one would elevate the offense the most if Barry makes the move? My opinion from him, uh, it, Gruff is, he says wide receiver room is fine. Cooks make, uh, Cook makes a running back room elite. Um, I think they're probably even. I do. I do. I, I think DeAndre Hopkins can really help your wide receiver room. And I think the Browns are relatively okay there at wide receiver. But, um, I, I mean, you, you don't want to say that you can't use or – uh, benefit from having DeAndre Hopkins, so uh, I'm I'm a little careful on that. Now Dalvin Cook would be fun, but uh, what's the opportunity for Dalvin Cook? Like, I just don't think he's going to be involved enough. And the Browns are kind of at this point with Nick Chubb and where he's at age-wise that they want to get the most they can get out of him. They've given him a contract. It, it feels like to me those two are pretty even, largely because. I think Dalvin's a better player right now, but DeAndre Hopkins would have more opportunity on a down-to-down -down basis, so I find those to be pretty even, both of which would be fun. I mean, Dalvin Cook on like a, a Kareem Hunt type of deal would be fun, but I think Dalvin gets a better opportunity somewhere else. Uh, that's my hunch. 
Any concern now? Question here comes from John. This is at John. A lot of numbers here. 811-62404. Any concern that Schwartz won't change up his coverage schemes and will make the defense too easy to decipher for opposing quarterbacks? Or will the pass rush secondary talent make it irrelevant? Well, the pass rush secondary talent help. Defenses do not have to be. The best defenses usually thrive via personnel are not complicated. They do some very specific things really well. Go check out defenses that have dominated the NFL over periods of time. Uh, they, they just do sort of, sort of certain things, keep it simplistic, and they do it very well, and they play to the talent. So it's a very fair question about Schwartz and the coverage stuff. It's what drove him out of Philadelphia. He was not doing a good job handling all the Shanahan-Kubiak quarterback-led offenses. And he did not adjust, evolve his coverage schemes to help him be less liable to some of the issues with that Philadelphia defense. Now, he spends time in Tennessee, where I think they did a nice job with instead of being a consistent middle-of-the-field closed or cover three team, did more quarters, did some unique two-safety looks. So I am interested, quite interested, to see what he brings over with him from Tennessee. And that's something that we will be talking about covering as much as we possibly can. Good question, John. Aaron E., which is at Fez Esterly, says, had, um, had what you've seen during OTAs made you believe the offense is evolving? I know there was a small package of plays last year. Can we expect more continuous usage of personnel and packages to fit Watson's skill set? Should I be excited or worried about Stefanski's ability to adapt? Everything I've seen from OTAs is, is promising, Right. Uh, whether that's Elijah Moore, where he's lining up, the pistol, the shotgun stuff, the types, the variations of shotgun stuff they're using, you know, trying to get to some of Kevin's specific stuff that he likes, right? Like whole field divide routes based on play action from the gun. I think that's um, important. I think he's done a really good job so far from what I've seen with that stuff. They've been an empty, they've been living in gun. I've seen very little under center stuff, and I do think they're incorporating more RPOs into it too. So I am at this moment, Aaron, feeling relatively positive about their ability to uh, evolve this thing. I think I think it's gonna it's gonna feel different, and it should. Right? Last year we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. They they put an offense in place for Jacoby Brissett because he was playing two thirds of the year, and then try to on the fly adjust to things that they wanted Watson to do, but it was too hard to get everybody on the same page. Thus, pretty obviously they reverted and uh, it capped kind of where they could go and, and the comfort they could have. Okay. So good question. Mark Moser. Hey, M E uh, is handle is at Hey M O S E R with Jordan Elliott. Now getting guaranteed money. It looks like one DT slot is left. If AB makes no more moves, is it Hurst Winfrey? Winfrey's a leader in the clubhouse. Second round, sorry, second year player in the fourth round, and and they played him some last year. He to me is the leader in the clubhouse. Now the wild card of that situation is obviously the legal ramifications of what's going on for him. And if a guy like Hayden, or sorry, not Hayden Hurst, but Maurice Hurst, who has had he's had real moments in the NFL where he's been a very productive player, if he has a fantastic training camp and preseason, they they may end up keeping him. May end up keeping him. So Winfrey's the leader in the clubhouse. They could still go out and sign a player. No doubt about that. But Ionitis, Shelby Harris, among many others, that they could go out and land. Keep that open. You know, A.B. was never going to rest on his laurels if he's got an opportunity to go out and get somebody. So anyway, 
Good question. Seems like Jordan Elliott, like you said, is locked in. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the shrinking of that defensive tackle room is starting to commence. Next question from JT. Jackson Taylor, 25, wide receiver question. Say, sorry if we've covered this. What's the impact of signing Hopkins? Does it mean DPJ gets traded, or would they really cut Bell? Does Michael Woods' future look like now? Feel bad for him. Had good moments, but injuries. Okay, so I think that they would be interested in potentially moving Donovan Peoples-Jones because there's obviously a looming contract decision anyway. Doesn't mean they'll get something that they think is worth the value of the player, and he could still be here. Think about what they did at running back last year where they kept Dearness Johnson, right? On top of already having drafted Hunt and, uh, sorry, uh, Jerome Ford and having Kareem Hunt. They want to give themselves some answers, and they're not just going to move Donovan because, you know, they feel like the league thinks they should or people outside of the organization think they could. That's the thing about trades. People never want to talk about that. You can, you can have this idea of trading someone, but you have to get something of value back. So there's, there's um, always the concern that your player on the open market isn't quite worth what you think they are. So, um, yeah, they could look to move a guy like Donovan, but you don't know. I think they would keep Bell. It would be Cooper, Hopkins, um, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones would be your top four. And then you're adding two more in there. Uh, you know, Marquise Goodwin is obviously in there. And then you're looking at a sixth guy, whoever that might be. That, to me, says David Bell. But um, that's just, again, that's just the predicament they're sort of in. But I, I think that from last night to this morning, as I'm recording this here around 8.30 in the morning, it feels like there's a shift away from the Browns for DeAndre Hopkins. I just feel like there kind of is like a shift away, uh, moving away in the, uh, a different direction. So I know he's going to New England for a visit. I know he's going to Tennessee. He's already been to Tennessee. But... Um, has not really had anything concrete with the Browns. Uh, so good good question from JT. Next question, love the pod, Jake, especially the 53-man roster, the AFC North. He said, one, with three tight ends locked on the roster, do you still see Jakeem Grant making the team? It's going to be an uphill battle for Jakeem Grant. I actually don't think he has anything guaranteed money-wise in his contract, so I do think, unless, again, he has a fantastic training camp, has a fantastic preseason, don't see him making the roster as we sit here right now then who would we be the kick return punt return guys well I think your kick returner would once again be Jerome Ford your punt return option is a bit more wide open you know could Marquise Goodwin do it could Donovan Peoples-Jones do it who was really pretty good at it last year you know obviously turning one for a touchdown those are your leaders in the clubhouse Next question comes from Henry Monmouth at Henry underscore Monmouth. Not as an analyst, but as a fan, what are you most looking forward to this season? Could be a game, could be a player. I'm going to be honest, I've been doing this for a minute now, in-depth coverage for like five, six years. Started a little bit before the birth of my first child, so yeah, like six years now. I'm not really looking forward to anything other than them winning games. I mean, I know they have the talent, I, I just... The only thing I'm looking forward them to them doing is winning games and making the fan base happy. That That is literally it. So we can all get along and agree, have a little bit more fun. I think it's, um, it's that's the one of the few things that I really look forward to. I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I want to see Elijah Moore, and there's players I'm interested in seeing how they develop. But, but the core of this team has been here for a while. You know, the core of it, the, gr- the group, the David, and and Denzel and Greg and uh, obviously you know the guard play and like the, just the core of the team has been here for for a while now and there's 
you know, that we've seen some breakouts, we've seen some regressions, we've seen some injuries. It's um it's it's been a roller coaster ride, right? They've added some pieces of Darius and Thornhill and um, you know, uh, Obani Okoronkwo. I think Okoronkwo's if I had if like you're saying Jake don't be lame and I had to answer, that would be the one that I would want to really see cuz I think he's going to he's going to break out. If he gets enough snaps, I really believe in what I see on film that he has a big season in store. Hope that works out for him. But I'm just more than anything want to see these guys win because I think it's so overdue to see these guys win. So good question though. Um, Chuck, uh, Chuck Dillon asks, and he is at not late for dinner. No one should be any concern signing D hop means we have to let go of a young and up and coming receiver. How bad do we need a one year rental one in this year, one in the years to come? I mean, you're obviously, like I mentioned just a moment ago, you're running the risk of letting go of Donovan, um, you know, but then again, it's it's a tough year where it's a contract decision to be made on Donovan, anyway. So that's where it's tricky because do you want to sign him? What does the contract value look like for Donovan Peoples Jones? It's a bit tricky all around. So we'll leave it at that. I mean, I don't think Hopkins is also a one year rental. I get the vibe that it's going to be a two year contract for him. But again, I feel like more than ever as we sit here on Saturday morning that it's not going to work out between the two sides. So we'll leave it at that. Thanks for all the Twitter questions. We have some DMs that I want to get to here right after the break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, concluding this one, we have a couple of um, Twitter DM questions. We did. Uh, we only had one direct message uh, come in uh, that I want to discuss on another podcast. And there's some several of you sent Brett Miner. I hope I'm saying your last name right. Could be Miner. Um, you sent some podcast ideas, which we will hit on. Zach at FIFA0179. You sent some podcast ideas. Really appreciate those. We will hit on those this summer. I promise. First question from the mailbag perspective comes from Hunter Anthony, which is at Hunter Anthony 33. Okay, he said, What are Watson's main strengths and weaknesses from when he was at his peak in 2020 and from what you saw in the six game sample size last year? How does he go about 
becoming the best he can be and improve the weakness as you described. So um, I think he needs to play better on time. Watson is a very, I think what I like about him is he has great tempo on throws. He can throw tight rope throws. He can throw those sort of lofted touch throws. He can put deep ball accuracy on the right place. And we've seen that in OTAs and minicamp on top of what I think is a guy who can play from a bunch of different alignments. He can do the gun stuff. He can do under center stuff. He can extend plays with the best of them, right? I think he does a great job of extending plays, getting out of pressure situations, making things happen. The Browns, as I have said on this pod many times, both the offensive linemen and wide receivers have to get used to him being able to create sort of some of those Houdini acts every now and again. And that's what I think is best. Now, he was at his best in Houston playing on time and in rhythm and delivering footballs. He was late and very delayed last year because of obvious reasons, as you guys would know. Being away from the game for a while, you know, getting used to a completely new structure of offense and what they're asking him to do, uh, among many other things. So if he's going to be at his best, he has to be more on time, he has to be more cognizant of coverage, and he has to feel comfortable with accountability of what's being called on the offensive side of the football. So that's what I think he's got to get better at. And from what I've seen in camp, he seems to be processing and seems to be doing a really good job with it. And I feel like the Browns are also doing a nice job of getting the guys around him more comfortable with him. And this comes through just natural exposure to how your quarterback plays. You get used to what your quarterback does. I think to me, I've seen drills. I've seen them working it, staying alive, continuing to block, playing through the whistle. Kevin Stefanski has harped on it. It's different than when you had Jacoby and Baker who were either on time throwing or taking a sack. That's not the case, right? So you were either the ball's out when it's supposed to be, or if it was Jacoby and, and, and Baker, it was a, a sack was being taken if it was not out when it was supposed to be or something broke down. With Deshaun, there's the extension ability to go well beyond that, and the Browns have to get used to it. And it's not just the offensive linemen have to get used to it. It's the wide receivers have to get used to it to break off routes, to go, if you're a shallow route, you go deep. If you're a deep route runner, you come back. You work an angle. You get a feel for how your quarterback naturally escapes the pocket. Now, offensive linemen obviously have to get used to it as well with understanding how to mirror drill, stay in front of people. It'll get better, but it's an exposure thing I think that will come with with time. The follow-up Hunter had to that is if he does return to being good, how do we separate the good of the player from the credit Stefanski should be getting for returning him to what he was, or will it never be about him unless Watson fails? Yes, I've said that. It'll There will be some, depending on how open guys are, some of those different elements. Like Kevin will get some credit, but if Deshaun is really good again, it'll be because of Deshaun. If Deshaun is bad then there will be folks who try to blame Kevin specifically. Now, there, there's going to be guys like me who try to parse out who is actually to blame. Is Kevin failing him? Is Deshaun not getting it done on his end? We'll try to do that. But naturally, from the people outside looking in, I feel like it's. I'm pretty comfortable saying that if there's a failure from Deshaun Watson's side, it's going to be blamed on Kevin more than anybody right away. Now, maybe they get another coach, and if the second coach they get – Somewhere down the line, he's failing again. Then it starts to get put more into Sean's lap. But um, I've been kind of vocal about Kevin. If they don't succeed right away, offense doesn't look great. I don't feel great about how Kevin will be handled publicly. Weekend mailback question from Ryan. Man, uh, I'm going to try my best here, Ryan. Ryan Zimplek at Zimps. Z-E-M-P-S-S is the, is the handle. How do you think the secondary is going to shake out with Newsom saying he doesn't want to be in the slot anymore? Is he going to start? 
with Ward and Emerson in the slot. I feel like the McLeod signing is undervalued with the leadership he'll bring. But will we see? Uh, but will he see the field? Seems like a lot of talented guys. But where, when will they play? That's a great question, Ryan. One we're trying to kind of sort out. I feel like they'll be comfortable playing three safety looks. I definitely feel like there's a opportunity for them to play two corners, three safeties, two backers, and four down. Like that's something that they will they will try to do. Flirt with getting guy a guy like. You know, uh, I, I think Grant Delpit can play closer to the line of scrimmage. He's a tackle machine at times. He almost plays linebacker as well as the linebackers on the roster. I think they'll get him close to the line of scrimmage when they want more coverage on the field. It sounds like both Greg and Denzel, who's I've noted now, Denzel has been in the slot doing some things here for a while in camp. It seems like Denzel is going to be playing in there too. They're going to be able to move those guys around be able to use them differently game by game basis. I don't know if they'll bump Martin Emerson inside at all. It feels like a good idea to me if you have a big slot player who you want to match up a little better with because Greg and especially Denzel struggle with bigger body wide receivers, but we'll just have to see. I think that I think McLeod's too good to keep him off the field and I think he's too comfortable with the scheme. He's going to be a leader on the field for them. I expect him to be there. The biggest question mark of all of those is Emerson playing in the slot. I don't think he's got the skill set for it. To me, it feels like more of in the slot, A.J. Green will get opportunity. Uh, Mike Ford as well, who they brought in from Atlanta, more special teams guy, but he is a bigger body guy who can play in there too. We'll see what they do, uh, but that's a great question. And again, some of these guys with a new coordinator, you're, you know, you're trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to see what they're going to do. We'll have a better feel for it when they open up some some training camp practices. So we'll circle back on that one. I think that's all we have. I really I really do uh, think that's the last question we have. If we missed it, please remind me that I missed your question somewhere somehow, but I think we covered most of them. This is fun. We need to keep building these out, keep having good questions, good thought-provoking questions. I will continue to get with guests that you guys like. I hope we gave you some good insight with that top 50 two-side of the football depth chart to give you an idea how many Browns are in the AFC North's top 50, a little more than maybe you think, but maybe some of you a little, uh, a few less than you would have predicted as well. So fun exercise. Go check out those two podcasts if you did not already do that. Thanks for stopping by on the Saturday episode. You guys know I appreciate you being here. Some great questions. Those of you who took the time to type up questions and send them over, you know that means a lot to me. If you didn't get one in and you would like to have one answered next week, we'll be back again. Weekend podcast edition. Check it out. For today's episode and for the OBR Film Breakdown, that's a wrap. Like I said, thanks for being here. Rate and review the pod. Always appreciate that. Always, always appreciate that, whether Spotify or Apple. And then leaving some written text always helps me understand how you feel about the show, too. Thanks, guys. Have a great Saturday. Be safe. Go Browns.